Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, 3 o'clock hour here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Happy Tuesday to you. Quick week for the Cardinals getting ready for the Saints on Thursday Night Football and a national TV audience, and that means everything's compressed. Normally we hear from Kyler on Wednesday. Normally you hear from Vance Vance Joseph, I should say, on Thursday. We hear from everybody today. And, of course, Gambo, I don't need to tell you, a lot of speculation about this offense, what needs to happen to fix it, what's broken, Cliff Kingsbury, should he still be the play caller, et cetera, et cetera. Kyler was asked about it today, and let's just let's just hear what he has to say and respond. that he would give up the play calling so that this offense can get going and win some games. Do you think someone else should be calling the play calling? <laughs> oh, Come on, Doc. Come on. <laughs> you good? I guess that's a no. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, man, this is such a this is such a hard thing because ultimately the head coach bears so much of the responsibility for how his team plays. But I said this yesterday, I'm gonna say it again today. I put the majority of the blame for the struggles of this offense on Kyler Murray. I put it on him. A lot more of the blame than Cliff. I'm not saying Cliff is not to be held responsible because ultimately it's his offense and it's his responsibility to get his quarterback to play better. But I, I do put the vast majority of the problems on Kyler because I like, I, like I've said and like me and you have gone over with the game tapes, man, it's... You know, these, the concepts are very similar to what a lot of NFL teams run. They are. There's nothing dynamic about it, and I wish they would add to it and make it more dynamic, but they don't. Um, but the concepts are very similar to what many of the other teams run. And I, I think that it's Kyler. So Kyler's sitting there, and this isn't on Cliff. I mean, basically, I, 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 he basically take responsibility. This isn't on Cliff. This is on me. He didn't say it, but he kind of saying it's on me. I got to do better. Well, he doesn't. I mean, he certainly doesn't want to. You know, if he, he know he's he's smart enough to know that if he says yes, we should look at that. Boy, people are going to run with that, right? I mean, like that that becomes a story. That becomes a national story. The 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 quarterback, the two hundred and thirty million dollar quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals says yes. Maybe we should have a different play caller than the head coach. That's that's a mess that I don't think anybody over there wants to even try to clean up. So instead, by answering it the way he did, yeah, he he does put the onus on himself, and, and there's no question. Both of them are at the core of what's broken with this offense, and, and I agree that there's certainly schematically there are things out there that Kyler Murray is missing. But I also think that that becomes puts the onus on Cliff to draw up different plays that make it easier right. for Kyler to do what he's trying to do to see what he needs to see. Kyler was asked about all the noise about the offense and the struggling. Yeah, I don't I don't really worry too much about it because I mean the, the people on the outside don't really understand you know the uh, the nuances and stuff like that of the offense and what's trying to get done um they just see the result if it's not good you know i'm getting i'm getting talked about he's getting talked about uh that's just the nature of the business that's the nature of the game so um everybody on the outside doesn't really you know it don't it don't matter but it is ultimately kyler a results oriented business and when the results are as bad as they are you people are going to talk right people are going to try and figure out what exactly is wrong with this offense He's he's wrong in people. There's a lot of people on the outside that really do know what's going on. Okay, not everybody on the outside doesn't know what's going on. It's it, like uh, a lot of that stuff is 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 available, and a lot of a lot of us, you know, have a have a better feeling of what's going on. We may not know everything, but to sit there and just think that everybody just watches it and does, doesn't know is 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 wrong. Um, the offense is broken. It's 
It's been broken for a long time now, dating back to last year. Kyler hasn't had a great game in a long time. And, you know, Kyler is, is really struggling right now, really struggling. And to a level that's, that's really discouraging. Like, you, you, it's, it's alarming. It's alarming how badly he's struggling. So outside noise, inside noise. I mean, it, look, there's, it's, there's a lot of noise, and there's a lot of pressure on Kyler to get this figured out. I think he's capable of it, but uh, there's a lot of people that have their doubts, and I understand having their doubts with how poorly he's played. Yeah, I, and, and part of it for me, and I think you feel the same way, part of it for me is, is just wondering about the Kyler-Cliff marriage and, and whether whether Cliff is, is drawing up an offense that truly maximizes the skills. And yeah, this time a year ago, the offense was humming right along because they had DeAndre Hopkins and two healthy running backs and a healthy offense and everything was was just cruising. And it's not now. But but yeah, Kyler the, Kyler is the key because look, Cliff, I don't know if Cliff's going to be here at the end of the year. I don't know if Cliff's going to be here a year from now. I know Kyler is. I know Kyler is. Kyler's not going anywhere. All right, You signed a contract that big? Eventually, maybe he's going somewhere, but he's the constant in this equation. He's going to be the constant in this equation. Coaches come and go. General managers might come and go. Wide receivers, offensive linemen. Kyler's not going anywhere for at least a few years. And so the constant in this has to be the one who figures out and makes it work because he's the least changeable part of them all. Uh, in terms of getting DeAndre Hopkins back, he was asked about that today. Be good. Be great. Yeah, just uh, having him out there today, you can tell his energy. Um, man, he's uh, it, it seems like every time you see him, you know, out on the field, it's like there's a reason why he's you know, he's the best, you know, and um, I'm, I'm excited for him, uh, excited to be able to throw him the ball again, you know what I'm saying? Never took that for granted, but um, man, I'm just happy for him. Uh, you know, team, team is definitely you know, appreciative of having him back, so but he did caution the same thing we've been cautioning on this show for the last couple of days. You think getting D Hop back fixes everything? Uh-uh. No, I don't. Th- I don't think it, it's not. It's just not. You know, it doesn't. It's not a miracle thing that just you know everything's you know gone. We still got things we got to be better at. Still got things we need to fix. Obviously, having him back definitely helps. Um, but we still got to be better in all the areas that we're you know not good in right now. Well, but you said it earlier. I, I from his confidence standpoint, what does it mean getting hot back? And what different version of Kyler do we see just from the mental aspect, knowing that he's got his guy back out there? Yeah, I think a lot of it is 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 mental. I think a lot of it's mental. And if you could convince yourself that this is this is going to change everything, well, then that's good. You know, maybe you know maybe you play better. Maybe you don't you know struggle as much as he's struggling with the happy feet and not being content in the pocket and not to, you know maybe just having him back does change a lot of different things. And maybe you make your you know you connect on your first pass and you se- your second pass. He he he's lacking confidence right now. Okay, and you can just see it on the field. Um, so if you could convince yourself that this is you know, this is going to change a lot of different things. When that, when that's good, because again, it's a, there's a mental side of this game that Kyler's really struggling with right now, and maybe Hopkins coming back will change that. Yep, we're giving you the chance to win tickets to see undefeated international superstar Jake Paul as he takes on legendary. He can fight. He, he can fight. Yes, he can. Legendary yeah. UFC champ Anderson Silva. That match is going on at Desert Diamond Arena on Saturday, October 29th. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and for your chance to win. When we come back, what was the reason Cam Johnson wasn't extended at the deadline yesterday? And does it have anything to do with the ownership situation for the Suns? We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
That's us. On this Tuesday afternoon here on Arizona Sports, John Gambadero, Dave Burns, hanging out with you. Suns opener tomorrow. We'll be hanging out in downtown Phoenix, right by the arena, as the Suns open up the season against the Dallas Mavericks. Campo, away we go. Starting tomorrow great night. Game. I know, great game right out of this great shoe, first game. Right? Yeah, great mm-hmm. game. Let's. I mean, Luca in town, and I, I think I saw where a couple of guys from the Mavs. Let's see, I favorited a tweet from the Mavs PR staff. Max and Kleba, non-COVID illness, is questionable for tomorrow night's game. Davis Bertons and Frank Nilakina are out. Neither one of them will play. It's a long season, obviously. There's a lot that's going to happen, but given that you're starting the season against the same team that you so miserably ended it against, there is going to be a lot of attention on that game tomorrow, and we'll be very, very glad to be down there. Of course, yesterday was also the Cam Johnson deadline day, and today he spoke about why he wasn't able to get a deal done with the Suns and why he's going to go into this year basically playing for next year's restricted free agency and for that contract. He said, he was asked the question if negotiations were stressful, and he said, well, they were interesting. Not really. Um, Negotiations are interesting. And especially when ownership is unclear. Extremely interesting. Um, And, you know... Once you see that the situation is what it is, you can get over it relatively quickly and, and just be excited for the opportunities that are presented in front of you. Especially when ownership is uncertain. It's really interesting. Uh, that Wow. That stu- I mean, I, I heard that and I went, oh boy, we got to talk about that, right? We got to talk about that. Can I play it one more time? Yeah. Let me play it now that we got context for it. Not really. Um, Negotiations are interesting, and especially when ownership is unclear. Extremely interesting. Um, and, you know, once you see that the situation is what it is, you can get over it relatively quickly and, and just be excited for opportunities that are presented in front of you. What's your reaction to that? Well, I'm going to tell you right now that there are no restrictions on getting a deal done with with. with Cam Johnson. There was no restrictions on that because of the ownership. Um, if they were able to get a deal done, they would have got a deal done regardless of the upcoming sale of the team. So that was not a factor in getting it done. What was probably a factor is just you know the, the amount of money. You know what what, it, what 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 was he looking for? What was his comp? Did he want more than they paid McHale? You know, did he want a max deal? Did he bet on him? Did he want to bet on himself that hey, I'm going to be a starter now? I'll probably get you know I'm probably going to get more opportunities and I'll be worth more money. I mean, did his agent say, listen, this cap is going to blow up over the next couple of years. We, you know, just have a good year and you're going to make more next year than you would have made this year. Now, there's a lot of factors in that. But I'm telling you, one of the factors was not the ownership change. If they if they could have come to an agreement on it, they look they were negotiating all the way up till yesterday. Sure, sure. I mean, if there was a if if the ownership thing was a factor, they would have just said, "Hey, listen, we can't do anything with you. I'm sorry, but we we're in limbo right now until we get a new owner." Then there wouldn't have been negotiations at all. That's logical. That makes sense, and I, and I buy that. And, and which is why I thought we should have this conversation because I remember when you had reported last week that ownership is not any sort of impediment at all in this. That to me was hugely significant, right? That's something that people need to know because I think people, Suns fans, are going into the season wondering, you know, okay, no Robert Sarver now it's Sam Garvin. Just how much power does James Jones have in here? I, I do have to wonder though, specific to the ownership. All right, we've talked about the luxury 
tax situation a thousand times yeah. and, and how expensive it can get. And I, and I have to wonder if part of the the ownership commentary by Cam Johnson here is in part because whoever buys this team, what's their appetite for inheriting a very large tax bill, right? Because Cam Johnson's kind of central to that conversation. You sign Cam Johnson now, and depending on what moves you make a year from now, you could be approaching, I think the tax bill right now is like $35 million, if I remember yeah, from Yeah, somewhere between like 35 and 38 I thought it was 37 but somewhere in that neighborhood, yeah, that's what it is now. Um, and there's also the you know the repeat offender tax that right. you got to keep your eye on once you've been in the tax for like three straight years. And so, yeah, I mean, look, they're taxpayers. They're a taxpayer this year. They're going to be a taxpayer next year. And, you know, if you sign Cam to a big deal, you get like you're going to continue to be a taxpayer. Yeah, but but and I guess and, and I'm going to I'm going to reference a story that our own Kellen Olson wrote for ArizonaSports.com, and it was a good one about how even among taxpayers there are like different levels of taxpayers. Right? There's the there, Warriors and the Clippers. The Warriors, the Clippers, and the Nets. Uh, I mean, those are three just wacky taxpayers. The the Warriors tax bill could hit 268 million dollars in a couple of years. The Clippers could be at 144. There are other teams like the Bucks and the Lakers who kind of keep it where the Suns are now. You know, 35, 40, 45 million, somewhere around there. And then there are other teams that really try to avoid being taxpayers or at least big taxpayers. Uh, Kellen points out the Celtics make move at the deadline that sometimes kind of dodge the tax. Uh, the Mavericks kind of let Jalen Brunson walk because they didn't want to be a top-tier taxpayer. And I just wonder if some of the hesitation about Cam is just the uncertainty of who's going to own the team and just what kind of taxpayer do they want to be? Is is Jeff Bezos going to come in and buy the team? And if he's willing to do it like Steve Ballmer or Joe Lacob, then you could sign Cam to you know whatever. And you got an owner who comes in and says, I don't care, man. I just want to win. I'll spend $300 million a year on the tax if that's what it takes. Or are you going to get a little more fiscally conservative owner who's going to come in and say, yeah, I'm willing to be a tax team, but within reason, not crazy man. like the Clippers or the Nets to the Warriors. And that's- but wouldn't it, be like, wouldn't it be like somebody like, hey, I just bought like this $10 million mansion, but I can't put any furniture in and I'm going to go to Goodwill and get, the, get, get furniture from Goodwill. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to buy this, if you're going to buy the Suns at the price that we think it's going to go to, like, what are we thinking? 2.5? What oh, are we thinking? 3? Uh, up, 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 up. 3.5? What are we thinking? I, I, I'm like... I'm really confident I'm going to win the bet that we have among the four of us. Three billion dollars. Three. Uh, it's it's three billion plus. I uh, think okay. The floor is three at this point. Uh, yeah, right. It, it, I mean, you think like somebody's going to be like, man, I got. You gotta, I, I'm not buying a team because they got. They're, they're going to be fifty million dollars in the tax. Uh, Campbell, honestly, on. no, well, fifty million in the tax. I don't know, but two hundred and sixty-eight in the tax. Oh, okay, but they're like they're not close to that. See, but 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 that's what I'm talking about is that if you sign Cam, now you're closer to the higher end than you are to the third. $30 million dollar end, right? If you trade, if you trade for KD, now you're talking ninety million dollars, a hundred million dollars. Because remember, with the trades, right? Like, the, the, you could trade. Okay, K, if KD's making a certain amount of money, you could trade a bunch of expiring contracts to make it work for the NBA. But the following year, you've got forty five million, and that other team has zero. Exactly. So for one year, you could make forty five million and forty five million work. But the second year, the third year the fourth year you've got 45 million dollars and those other guys are off the books from the other team yeah yeah no i i i I know and so i you just can't 
I you can assume that it's going to be somebody who's willing to pay the tax money. I can assume that, but we just don't know how big of a tax it's going to be, right? And, and just, no, we don't. And just how far that person, that entity, that owner is willing to go to keep this all together. So look, the Suns, they're still in a position of great power here. And as Cam Johnson said earlier, he talked about it. He said, look, the deadline hit and we just moved on. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, but like I said, the business side and the emotional playing, um, you know, what we do in this building side are, are disconnected, are, are different, are separate. Um, you have to look at things through a little bit different of a lens when you're going through business than when you're on the court. Um, and I think just putting that business, closing that box, like I said, putting that to the side, I think I think that is relatively easy. Um, you know, obviously, I, I do want to be here. I've loved my time here, but I'm here is the main thing. I, I have a whole nother year. Um, and to be honest, that's what we're all focused on right now is this season, this chance. We've been so close this past couple of years to make something truly special happen in June or a couple years ago is July. Uh, and, and this is another chance to do that, and that's where my main focus is right now. It was funny having Mikel on the show earlier, Mikel Bridges, and, and he said, look, I, I was pissed off about it for him. And Cam kind of calmed me down. You know, Cam was the one who kind of, hey, everything's cool. It's fine. It's chill. It's no big deal. It's all going to work out in the end. And Mikel's like, man, I want to I want to get my guy done. But I, I, again, I'm just going to go back to this. I think it's interesting that from Cam's perspective, he specifically brought up the, the ownership uncertainty. So obviously, something from his side of the conversation made him feel like ownership was some sort of a factor in whether this deal was going to get done. Maybe that wasn't the case from the Suns' side, but clearly from Cam's side, he or his agent felt like there was some factor that played into it. Yeah, Otherwise, probably. he wouldn't have said it. Now, Otherwise, he wouldn't have said it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And maybe, listen, maybe that was, you know, maybe that was, with, hey, well, I'm sorry, we don't have the authority to go that far when you did. But, you know, maybe, you know, maybe somebody told them we don't have the authority to go to a max deal or something like that because, you know, don't want a you know, new owner coming in and not because that you know you know that if and I'm not saying it was a max deal but you know that if they get another max contract then you know they they're very limited in things that they can do I I don't know I I just think that the agent is probably looking this is my guess here the agent is probably looking at the future cap number and realizing that you know. A ten million dollar contract now may be worth twenty million in two years. A fifteen, you know, a twenty million dollar contract may be worth thirty five in two years. That like these numbers are going to go up if we just play it. If we just wait a year, you're going to really capitalize and make a lot more money. And you know, if you sell it to a guy that way, now so listen, some guys conservative. I'd rather know that I've got eighty million dollars right now then worry about something happening and 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 uh, and then I don't get that money but you know some guys will bet on themselves and clearly the agent and Cam Johnson are betting on themselves when we come back the New Orleans Saints come marching into the valley in a couple of days who is going to be leading that charge at the quarterback position that's next on the Burns and Gambo show the prime time giveaway from Arizona Sports that's right, it's time. Our primetime giveaway qualifier, James Vomer, or Vomer. V is in Victor, O-M-E-R. Vomer, Vomer, 
However you say it, you're from Litchfield Park and you're on the clock. You have 10 minutes to call. 602-260-9870. 602-260-9870. James Vomer from Litchfield Park. Give us a call in the next 10 minutes. If we don't hear from James, we'll open up the phone lines to somebody else. But for now, James and only James should call 602-260-9870. You'll get tickets for the Suns home opener tomorrow. Tickets to Thursday Night Football from State Farm Stadium on Thursday. If you didn't hear your name, you can still win. Text PRIMETIME to 62620. Listen for your name during Bickley and Murata tomorrow morning. Once again, James Vomer from Litchfield Park. 10 minutes, 602-260-9870. As we welcome you back in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, me and Gambo hanging out, talking about a Saints team coming in that's in a similar position record-wise to the Sun or to the Cardinals, Gambo, 2-4 and four on the season after losing to the Bengals on Sunday, a game in which, remarkably, the Saints ran for 228 yards on the ground and still lost. And the question we don't have an answer to yet is who their starting quarterback is going to be for that game. Is it going to be Andy Dalton who started the last couple for Jameis Winston or is Winston healthy enough to get his job back? Both were limited on the Saints practice report today. Yeah, there was a, a lot of interesting articles coming out of New Orleans. The Times Picayune, one of their, their columnists uh, Jeff Duncan said, listen, I mean, uh, there is no quarterback controversy here. When Jameis Winston is healthy, he needs to be the team's starting quarterback. And basically to say that his potential is higher than that of Andy Dalton. You know, Dalton's bounced around a whole lot. Maybe so is Winston a little bit as well. But they think that the offense actually will perform better, uh, that has performed better with Jameis Winston. So that he runs the offense more efficiently and he's more consistent and things like that. So we'll see. Short week. Maybe they stick with what they have. But they are a banged up team. And you think Arizona's banged up? New Orleans is just as banged up. They're going to be missing so many key players for this game. Um, so, you know, both teams in a very similar situation. Yeah, New Orleans not expecting to have corner Marshawn Lattimore, which would really come in handy for them. Receiver Michael Thomas, receiver Huge. Jarvis Landry. Doesn't sound like any of those guys are going to play. There's a belief that rookie Chris Olave will return. He was dealing with a concussion, so at least they'll have that. That's that's part of the reason why they ran for so many yards in, in the game against the Bengals. They had nobody, a wide receiver, to throw the ball to at all. So they just ran and ran and ran. And normally you hit 228 yards, you're going to win a lot of football games with that kind of dominance on the ground. But it wasn't able to translate into a win. And, and I read the same column you did. And, you know, and basically the gist of the column was Andy Dalton is what he is. He's he's just a backup. Now, I think a lot of people seem to think Jameis Winston kind of is the same thing. You know, he, he's, he's not a starter in this league. He's not good enough to be a starter in this league. And I saw that there was a lot of fan pushback on the idea that Winston should get his job back the minute he shows up. We're 48 hours away from this game, and there's been, best that I can tell, no indication at all from New Orleans who their starting quarterback is going to be. And this one, I don't think this one is a media game, Gambo. I think this is, they truly, Dennis Allen really isn't quite sure who his quarterback is going to be. I don't think he's trying to play some sort of game to throw the Cardinals off on this one. No, no, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk that Dalton could remain the Saints starting quarterback. And then, you know, Winston's still limited that he may not not start until week seven. 
because of the short week, because he's just, you know, Winston's been limited uh, on the Saints' last five practice reports. Uh, they, you know, I mean, I think he'll get his job back, but but then you've got Andy Dalton. He's nursing a back injury of his own going right. into this game. Yep. So, I mean, it's really a mess. You might see another heavy dose of them trying to run the football in this game. Yep, and and here's something else to get ready for going into this game. And there's obviously a couple things. Number one, the home losing streak. Uh, they haven't won. They lose this one. It's a full calendar year in between home wins. So you you know you're always motivated to win the streak at home. But my goodness, you don't win this one, and it it's going to be a full calendar year if you don't win this one on Thursday. Number two is the New Orleans defense, and and you and I both read a story today. And, and uh, look, we did this last week. We did this with the Seattle. Oh, they're so bad at this. They're so bad at that. Oh, they've got this going for them. They've got that going for them. Man, we played that game last week, and the Cardinals couldn't do squat against that awful Seattle defense. The Saints come in here with a defense that statistically is not very good, is giving up a bunch of everything. And it was interesting in the write-up to read, and I'm going to quote this story here. Quote, probably the most disappointing New Orleans defender this season has been safety Tyron Matthew. Yeah. Despite having the team's only interception this year, Matthew has been consistently out of position in coverage and the Saints' worst offender in missed tackles. Oh, ouch. Yeah. He is, he is not, he hasn't played well. I mean, that's a shame too, because we all like the honey badger. Uh, and, you know, Kansas City let him go for a reason, and he ends up, you know, going to New Orleans and he's home and everything. And then he's just really, you know, really struggling. So, uh, and a lot of those guys are. He's, he's not the only one. So, you know, Marcus May, uh, another safety who was brought in to upgrade the spot. He hasn't played very well. I mean, Joe Burrow threw for 300 yards against them. That brought a 13-game streak in which the Saints had not allowed a 300-yard passer. 13 games in a row, and then Burrow goes for over 300 in this game. But there's a lot of problems with their with their defensive tackles as well, and their pass rush. And you know they, they got Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport uh, on the edge, and and Davenport has just a half a sack. He's got 11 pressures, but only half a sack. Jordan has three and a half sacks, but only eight pressures. So they're getting you know some they have some struggles there. The defensive tackles have been really bad for them. They're not getting the job done um, as well for pressure-wise. They can stop the run, but they're not getting the job done pressure-wise. But So yeah, this is a defense that, you know, again, we said this with Seattle. Like, this is yep. a defense you expect that you're going to have some success against. Yep, you you would think so. And, and if the goal of the Cardinals' defense every single week is to take away option number one, if Thomas isn't going to play and Jarvis Landry is going to play, i got to imagine taking away Alvin Kamara is is where you start if you're Van Joseph. Right, he's he's talked many a time this season about you know taking away, and we've seen them do it week in and week out defensively. Take away the best thing the other team does; they're going to run for 228 yards, or at least try to, like they did last week. I think you start with the guy who's at the center of that, and that's Alvin Kamara. And I'll tell you somebody else; they've been using Taysom Hill to death the last couple of weeks, and right. I mean, yeah. and lining him up everywhere, asking him to do everything, and he becomes a really versatile challenging player that's going to, I think, apply pressure to the Cardinals' defense and Vance Joseph and trying to figure out a way to kind of slow him down because he's put up some crazy good numbers. A lot. It hasn't led to wins, but he's put up some crazy good numbers for him the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and remember this about Kamara, too. The last two weeks against Cincinnati and Seattle, he's got 12 receptions on 15 targets. 
So they throw him the ball as well. In the last two weeks, he's got 12 catches on 15 targets. So, yeah, he had 103 yards rushing against Seattle, 99 against Cincinnati, but then he also added those 12 catches. So they like looking for him out of the backfield as well. So I would agree with you that that's the guy that you want to stop. If you're you're Vance Joseph, and Vance does a great job of taking the best weapon out of another team, I would think you've got to start with Kamara. All right, James Vollmer called in in time. Congratulations to James. He wins the two tickets to go see the Suns tomorrow night against the Mavs, the Cardinals on Thursday night against the Saints. Now, we're going prime time this week as we're giving you the chance to win tickets to both the Suns home opener on Wednesday and Thursday night football for the Cardinals. Text PRIMETIME to 620-620. Listen for your name all day. One lucky winner each day will also win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Again, text PRIMETIME to 620-620. When we come back, zoom out around the NFL and what we learned last night on Monday Night Football is there might actually be a head coach who's dealing with a worse offense than Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. God, that was hard to watch. Next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. So the question for my co-host, since there was no baseball on last night with the rain out, did you watch it? Did you watch Monday Night Football? Or did you ultimately decide you have better things to do with your life? Very little of it. Okay. But I did watch some. Okay. I did watch some. Yeah, I watched some. And I did check in with Mitch earlier today just to see how he was doing. You know what? You're you're a, you're a better. Your man phrasing than I. was very interesting when you checked in with me, Gamba. I did check in with him. <laughs> what was what, what was the phrasing? What did he say? So when he when we're in break, I can hear him through the cue speakers in here in the studio, uh-huh. and he says to me, "Hey, Mitch," and I say, "Yeah," and he says. What's wrong with your football team? <laughs> right, but that's checking in. That's Gambo checking in on you. That's, yeah, that's me checking in yeah, with you. That's about that's about as nice as you're going to get from Gambo yeah. for a check in. Uh, if you're looking for a wellness check, that's that's as good as it gets when it comes. Your to Your team's Gambo. a mess. Oh, they're just they're just. A, well, Mitch and I in the break, we were counting the number of times this season where the Broncos have just produced, and I haven't watched every minute of Broncos football, but three of them have been nationally televised, and they've just all been god awful, unwatchable is there something else I can do with my life right now kind of stuff. The game against Seattle on Monday night to open the year. The Thursday night game against the 49ers, which was just awful football. And then last night's game in which, and I didn't think this was possible, Russell Wilson in the second half and overtime of that game, 3 for 11 for 15 yards and no touchdowns. Wow. In the whole second half and overtime, 3 for 11 for 15 yards. And now the good news? Yeah, go ahead. He may not play next week. Yeah, having an MRI on his hamstring. Hamstring injury. Got injured late in the fourth quarter, and uh, he's having an MRI. So they're looking at it, evaluating it. So uh, they're going to list him as day-to-day, I guess. But, um, yeah. So he was trying to move around somebody with about two and a half minutes left in regulation, and then he kind of got hurt right there. So um, we'll see if he ends up playing the next week or not. Yeah, tip of the cap, though, to that kicker for the L.A. Chargers, Dustin Hopkins, because they, yeah. they announced today he's got a strained hamstring. He's going to be out two to four weeks. And he was out there belting, belting field goals like it was going out of style between 31 and 39 yards, no matter how bad that hamstring hurt him. Yeah. He was out there getting it done, and now he's done. Let's Okay, let's turn our attention away from the crappy football that we saw last night to yet another, you know, as we kind of we, we haven't had much of a chance yet to kind of look back at week six. Man, I I loved 
the angle in Peter King's Football Morning in America in which he suggested Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes is basically the next version of Tom Brady and Wasn't that great? Manning. I, I, that's like if, if Mahomes Allen is the sequel to Brady Manning, bring it. Bring it. Because I think those two yeah. teams, because they much like Manning and Brady being in the same conference, we could see all sorts of matchups between them down the line. And if that's the case, I say bring it on. Man, yeah. So it was interesting. Brady and Manning played each other sixteen times, and it wasn't that. It was pretty, you know, not completely even. But Brady won ten, and Peyton won six. Now you're looking at this rivalry between, you know, Allen and Mahomes. They're both young, right? Allen's twenty six years old. Mahomes is twenty seven. They played five times already. Mahomes leads it three to two. These are the two best guys. Like these are the like these 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 are these are your guys. Like these are your two best. And I, I think that there are other really great quarterbacks. But what we're seeing this year is we are seeing the end of the the old dinosaur guys, right? I mean Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and man, I think that that ship's going to have sailed. Brady's not going to play beyond this year, and I mean maybe Rodgers will go somewhere else and play because he certainly doesn't look like he wants to play in Green Bay. <laughs> these are your two best guys, and what would be great is if these guys can meet up in like because they did they met in the playoffs last year and if they can meet in the playoffs again it'll just make the rivalry even that much better yeah and that's what made it so special with Brady and Manning is it just felt like every single year one had to get through the other to get where they wanted to go and and while you mostly remember it as being pretty one-sided with Brady there there were moments that Manning had in in Denver and a couple of times in Indianapolis where he was able to get past Brady and the Patriots and so if it's going to be that again that's phenomenal. That's great because I, I mean, I, I tell you, you look around the league, and you, you know I, the New York teams. God bless them. All the credit to them. They're playing out of their mind right now, and good for them. Good on them for both being as as good as they are. And Brian Dable probably is already the coach of the year in the National Football League for all the comeback. A lot of wins. games left. I know but they but are a huge surprise. Huge I mean, surprise. And if it's not going to be him, it's going to be Robert Sala of the New York Jets. Huge yeah. surprise to me. Nobody expected. Either one of those teams to be as good as they are. But man, just look around like the NFC, and we talked about this yesterday. You take away take away the NFC East. The Minnesota Vikings are the only team above five hundred in the North, in the South, and in the West. That's crazy. Nuts. They're the only one. They're the You know, to add injury to insult, I'm sorry I'm gonna do this to you, Mitch, but like right now, right now. Seattle's going to get a top five pick from the Denver Broncos. Uh-huh. Like today, right now, if the season ended today, they'd get a top five pick. Top five pick. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I saw that. And by the like way, it, 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 no, it's, it is insulting. It's insulting. Right. right. It's insulting that the, the, the quarterback you traded everything for, the one that you thought was going to lead your franchise into places where only Elway and Manning had taken it. Is is so bad, it's unwatchable. You paid him a quarter of a billion dollars, and now you're going to lose a top five pick because of yeah. it, potentially, because you're I, so bad? I think the three biggest storylines in the NFL, and I don't think it's the Eagles and the Jets and the Giants. I really don't. I mean, the Jets and the Giants being a combined 9-3 and three for the first time since like Joe Namath played, like, I get it, right? That's, you know, I, I get it. it. That's pretty outstanding. Um, but I think the three biggest storylines are... are Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and then Tom Brady and the Bucks, 
And and, the, and what was the other one I was thinking? So Tom Brady, I think those are, and in Miami, Miami was three and zero, and now the, oh, oh, and then Russell Wilson. I think that's your three biggest ones. What's going on in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers? What's going on in Denver with Russell Wilson? And what's going on in Tampa with Todd Bowles and, and Tom Brady? I think those are your three biggest storylines. The, the flops, three three quarterbacks that are going to the Hall of Fame, three great quarterbacks, and their struggles this year all at the same time. I think that's the biggest story in the NFL. Yeah, they, they they got Tom Brady. I mean, father time. Congratulations, man. There's still a zero in the loss column for you because it looks like it's getting him. That Bucks offense has been held to 21 or fewer points in five of the six games they've played so far. In the previous two seasons with Brady under center, Tampa has been held below 21 points five total times. So add up 2020 and add up 2021. Five times they've been held to 21 or less. That's already, they've already matched it this year. I mean, that offense is lost. They can't get it done in the red zone. He's yelling at his offensive linemen. It looks like he, whatever decision making process he had to come back for, to play for one more year was a flawed, flawed process. He looks terrible. That offense looks terrible. And Aaron Rodgers, I, same thing, right? I'm getting blown up right now. Did I say add injury to insult? You did. Um, again, a thumbs up from Eric. Yeah, it's it's insult to huh? injury, but I'm it's getting messages right now. Yeah, it's it's you know I wasn't gonna Thanks, Ash. like a bat out of lightning oh, or something. It, was it your old co-host who's letting yeah. you know that? Well, he, yeah, he would let me know because he used to pick him up all the time. He would so, know. So, well, so, yeah, I, you know, like in like I'll pick him up every now and then. Sometimes I just let him slide. Sometimes it's only a four-hour show. You only have so much Google time. Dolls. That's what the Google Dolls did, man. They let it slide. <laughs> the the, the Google Google dog. The Google Goo Dolls. The, okay, Google. Goo. I, I heard just, Google. They let it slide. I, I heard Google Dolls. Why don't you too? let it slide? <laughs> I heard the Google Dogs, not the Google. Google the Google. I heard the Google Dogs, not the Google Goo Dolls, and so I just yeah. wanted to make sure you knew who actually let it slide yeah. in that big hit. I just wanted to make sure we knew. Uh, I'll continue to say that the the biggest like with with, with my my friend group, ten of us. In a, in a group chat, like the biggest thing is that I actually talk for a living, and I can't really talk very well. I know, I know. Uh, Ash, thank you for keeping. Chills, man, chills. You know, almost brought tears to me. You know, like I said, I love this game. I just love being around the players. You know, they've been fighting and uh, trying to win some games. So I uh, just being around them and seeing how happy they were to embrace me, it felt good. What, what do we? What do we play that for? What happened there? I don't think we meant to play that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm trying to pick it up, I'm too. Like, like, why like, okay, did we just why, play that? Why are we playing this? I don't it's think internal. No, it's internal. That's oh, it's internal. Okay. okay, there we go. Okay. I got you. When we come back, all of the top stories today you need to know about. That's next on the Birds and Gambo Show.